Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. So here's a question for you. How much evidence would you need to have to justify or prove to you that you were or were not in a simulation? I'll let you think about that for a minute, and I'll explain the premise a little bit. The concept of the idea that you might be a brain in a vat, or you might be chained up somewhere, and all of your senses, kind of like in a VR rig were set up in a way where you could not tell the difference between what you thought you were experiencing as reality and reality itself is not that old of a concept. And when I say not that old of a concept, I I mean on the whole scale of humans being around kind of thing, because we have to go back to say the 1500s or 1600s where philosophers like Rene Descartes were discussing what it meant to actually be able to engage with reality itself and to know that that is what is happening. And philosophers and scientists since then have all proven that we don't actually engage with reality itself. We engage with our perception of reality. Everything that we do comes through the lens of our senses. If you were to say, hey, it looks like there's a dog in the road over there. The only way you know that is through the sense of eyesight. You are seeing shapes and colors and uh, processing light in a way that goes through your eyes into your brain and your brain interprets as that appears to be the shape of a dog in a road. You're too far away to smell it. Maybe the dog barks and now you have extra stimulus through your ears that say, oh, that sounds like a dog barking. 
it appears to be coming from the same direction, this reinforces my belief, not the fact, my belief that there is a dog in front of me standing in the road. Does that make sense? So we don't actually engage with reality itself. We are only ever engaging with our senses. And this is a concept that has worked its way through all sorts of different topics, all sorts of different books and movies and, and fallout. I was in college when the first Matrix came out and I was studying philosophy. I was a religious studies and philosophy major in college in my second year. And I also lived on campus. I didn't have a TV. I wasn't watching TV shows. I was playing video games, but for the most part, I was caught up in the college life. I was going to events with my friends. I was going out to concerts and dances and doing anything I could to be just active out in the world. And in part of that was going to philosophy club where I would sit down and I went to a fairly small school and the philosophy professor who was in charge of all the philosophy classes, who was part of a bigger department, but this professor who I had for a few different classes would sit down with a dozen of us in philosophy club every week. And we would discuss these kinds of concepts. And through that club, somebody said, Oh, Hey, have you guys seen the matrix yet? And I was like, what, what's the matrix? I don't, I hadn't even heard of it. I was living in a bubble on campus and they were like, this movie is awesome. Everything we've been talking about, about the nature of reality and being able to tell if anything is actually real plays into the story. And I'm not going to ruin the plot for you, but you need to go see it. And so, of course, my friends and I go out to the theater. This is the first movie theater I've been in in probably a year or two. And we sit down and I had not seen a trailer. I had not seen anything else. And all of a sudden we're in the movie. And all of a sudden we learn about this character, Neo, who seems to figure out that he, much like I've been describing, like Descartes' brain in a vat, is just that. He, His brain, his body, but his brain are now tied into this gigantic system that the machines, the computers, the AI have constructed in order to convince all of the humans that their reality is real, when in fact it was all made up. Now, where am I going with this? So here's the concept. Some people believe that Fallout 76 is more than it seems. It claims, according to the lore, to be set at a very specific time, a few decades after the dropping of the bombs, in a very specific location, with very specific real-world events playing out. And you've heard me talk about those events on this show. The different corporations, the different factions, factions and creatures that tie into the other games in very real ways. The Brotherhood of Steel, the Enclave, Death Claws, Super Mutants. All of these things seem to set Fallout 76 in the world that we understand to be real in the Fallout canon. But there's some problems. For a few years now, people have surmised that there might be something more going on. That in fact, when you wake up, and walk through the empty vault, empty vault 76, and out into the real world, 
that you are in fact participating in a simulation, that your reality is not real. In today's episode, we're going to go through all of the evidence that I have found, the different arguments for why that might be the case, some of the responses to those arguments, and then a counter response that I think holds the most weight. And it's something that I realized on my own and have now seen other people post about this on the internet. Also, I can't cover every little detail or argument. Uh, these are going to be kind of broad strokes. And I'm going to base these explanations on some of the things that have been going around on the internet so we can kind of follow the pieces. So in my research, I came across a post on Reddit from four years ago. We're getting close to the beginning of the game launching and all of that. So this post is from that guy 728 I don't know if you listen to the show, but if you do, I'm going to read your post. And it says, Fallout 76 simulation theory explained and expanded. So clearly this simulation theory was early on. People were talking about this. I remember within just a few months, people were like, maybe this is a simulation. So this is a nice summary of what has been explained so far and some expanding into this theory. So here's, here's how it goes. There are many different theories surrounding that Fallout 76 is a simulation. They have different explanations and reasonings behind them. So I'm here to bring them all together. First of all, what is the simulation theory? The theory's main idea is that the world in which we the players are in isn't taking place in the actual canon, but rather in a failed Vault-Tec virtual strategic solutions experiment for what the aftermath of a nuclear war would look like. This may sound crazy, but there's some pretty major evidence behind this. One of the first pieces of evidence is one terminal entry in the archival terminal in the White Springs bunker, which says the following, and this is one of the core pieces of ev evidence that I've seen uh, repeated in multiple places. Secretary Eckhart, please, you need to listen to me. None of the other members will take me seriously, but I believe this is of the utmost importance. We are slaves, Mr. Secretary. I've been running some tests and I believe I've stumbled upon what I believe to be conclusive evidence that we are trapped, playing someone else's game. Virtual strategic solutions game, that is. Everything around you, Mr. Secretary, is a simulation. A projection onto your brain. VSS has trapped us in here and it is up to us to break free. The key to our escape, I believe, lies in a small town in what we perceive to be China. It's the link to VSS's external network. If we destroy it, it will shut down the simulation and I believe finally be free. I cannot tell you exactly why we've been imprisoned. Perhaps this is a test by the upper ranks to make us earn our way into their good graces. Perhaps VSS has trapped us in here to prevent the Enclave from stopping whatever nefarious acts they're currently visiting upon the world in our absence. But we must do something, Mr. Secretary. To fail to act is to give up the only thing that makes us men, our freedom. This terminal entry sets in the fact that there might be a possibility that the world of Appalachia we are in is a simulation. The virtual strategic solutions can be called back from Fallout 3 in which the Brotherhood outcasts have made their main headquarters there, which you can visit in Operation Anchorage. And the fact that VSS produced the virtual simulations seen in Operation Anchorage, Vault 112, and the Memory Den. So immediately here we have this direct text. This is 
information that was given from one person to another person before the time in which we have entered into the game. And they're basically saying the same company that did the whole Operation Anchorage simulation, Vault 112 in the memory den, is at work here. And we, the people of the Enclave, the people who were part of the government in Appalachia, again, before you leave the vault, are all now in a simulation. Or at least those people were. Hold on to that. Let's move on to the second part of this post. It says, my second piece of evidence comes from the fact that virtual reality has been seen in the Fallout series before, similarly to Vault 112 in the Capital Wastes, having the residents not knowing that their lives are just simulated by Dr. Stanislas Braun, and not to mention the fact that Vault Tech would benefit by having some sort of simulations to prepare for the Vault's survival and the experiments being successful. Testing how the average vault dweller would survive in a wasteland and making adjustments accordingly. One last point here is that the Fallout 3 Vault Dweller Survival Guide mentions, this may or may not be canon, that Vault Tech was running simulations for the wasteland to warn the dwellers of the dangers of leaving the vault. Could we be a part of those simulations? Okay, so we've established, for sure, and, and most of us have played these other games, that yes, there are simulations, Vault-Tec and VSS have the technology to make this very, very realistic. The people who were locked in the memory den did not know that they, they were in a simulation. They just knew something was terribly wrong. So it is possible. It goes on. My last point here is just the game itself. The camps, the factions, the enemies, everything. Having multiple different variables in a simulation to see the outcome of what the dweller would do sounds like vault tech, doesn't it? Now think about it. You come across a certain camp, sometimes it, you come across raiders in a certain location, or there might be people traveling around doing different things. You play through different quest lines. There's a lot of variability that would track how different dwellers would respond in certain types of situations. So it's a lot of data that you would want to actually gather for testing. That, that tracks. And also, the death in the game. Remember in Operation Anchorage how the simulated death would mean real death because the system was corrupted? Well, what if that's how death worked here? The vault's mainframe went corrupt after the Great War and it ruined vault Tech's original goal. This has been my take on the simulation theory. So a lot of that tracks. A lot of that seems to make sense. I could totally see that Vault-Tec would want to do these tests and that they would gather a lot of very valuable information from running these tests. Also, we haven't seen this specific test play out in another vault. We haven't seen them run a simulation that releases people out into the world in a way that feels realistic to just see what they would do. That hasn't been tested before. So it would be valuable information. So we get another post, and now we're moving forward in time. This post, uh, again, is on Reddit, and this was only 11 months ago from the recording of this. And this is by Anti-Clock Clock, who writes, I am convinced Fallout 76 is a simulation that will be mentioned in a future Fallout game. Let's go through this post. It says, I've been saying this since the game was announced years ago. I've been thinking about this because we've been told there is going to be many more years of content to come for Fallout 76, and there's a couple other Bethesda titles planned to release before we see Fallout 5. 
potentially. There was rumor about that, right? Still hasn't been confirmed. Um, I want to say right here and now for documentarian purposes and my own personal amusement that Fallout 76 will be mentioned somewhere in the future lore as a simulation. It only makes sense with the whole real rebuild objective, meaning that's the goal of the vault dwellers in 76 is to go out and rebuild. All of these random events happening over and over again, interaction with other vault dwellers, the addition of new NPCs, the list goes on. So this idea that world events happen and then they happen again and then they happen again and everything's just kind of cyclical in a very simulation kind of way that doesn't really happen in reality, right? We've already seen this type of simulation in Fallout 3 where we get to Vault 112 and relive the Tranquility Lane experience. They reference all of that. They go on to say, we the players are the Vault Dwellers entering the simulation every time we launch Fallout 76. I will put all my chips on the table that Fallout 5 will mention this experimental Vault 76 that they put together to see how the Vault Dwellers would interact with each other as the first to rehabilitate the wasteland. All in all, my whole point of this post is that Fallout 76 doesn't exactly follow the Fallout series lore or timeline, if that makes sense. I'm sure it will get a lot of negative responses and hate for posting this. And then, and then they go on basically to say that because I'm kind of knocking this as not being a legitimate Fallout game and all of that. But whether it actually happens in the timeline or happens in a simulation, does that mean it's not a legitimate Fallout game? It just means a different kind of Fallout game. So... Uh, I think sometimes people take these things to extremes. But anyway, this post brings in the concept of the world events, the way that things play out, and how that also feels like a simulation. So you've got like death, you have world events, you have uh, characters respawning in locations, you clear out enemies and they come back. Uh, there's a lot of these like in-world pieces that make it feel like this is actually a simulation. So there's a lot of truth to that, partly because of the way the game is designed, but maybe also because we're actually in a simulated world. All right, we got to go thank our patrons, but I will be back in just a minute to share some of the counterpoints and one that I specifically am really holding on to here. So don't go anywhere. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. 
To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and if you are commuting to and from work, if you are working, if you're doing something that you would rather not be doing and listening to the show instead, please consider the Patreon. We have all sorts of wonderful things, ad-free episodes, t-shirts, joining us for the end of the month chats, all of that stuff on patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. And we don't have any new patrons to shout out this week, but we, we do that every week whenever there's a new patron. But we do have our sentry bots, our tier five sentry bots, Cooper, Mark C., and Sky R, thank you so much for your support and for being part of the show. And for our, this is kind of funny because we're talking about Fallout 76, our 76 current patrons. So thank you all for your support. I couldn't do the show without you and I genuinely appreciate it. Also, if you would like to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, I will read that out on a future episode of the show. And thank you to everybody who has already done that. Also, you can rate the show on Spotify or whatever other platform you listen to this on. And all of that is extremely helpful. Or just tell your friends or whoever. Thank you so much for all of your support. Let's move on with the counter arguments to the simulation theory. Here we go. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. So I'm going to be saving my favorite counter argument for, for the end. That'll be the last one. But there are definitely some fairly good arguments, but I think a lot of these arguments can go either way. So our first counter argument is basically that there's just a lack of definitive proof that all of this is speculation, that you take the message found uh, that the Enclave was sharing about the whole we're in a simulation thing. That's not definitive proof. It's potentially true, but it also might be made up. Maybe somebody was thinking that this was what was happening and they were very stressed out about the situation and kind of putting two and two together in a way that didn't actually match the truth. That could be the case. Now, with that argument in particular, that would mean that those people were in a simulation but those people were not vault dwellers. Those people, the people who are working for the Enclave and part of the United States government, were existing out in the world and never stepped foot in a vault. So was that simulation something that they had been put in before the war happened or right after the war happened? And it wasn't part of the vault or had their minds been wiped and they were all vault dwellers, but now they were in this part of the simulation. See how that doesn't track. So maybe there are people in a simulation out there, but that doesn't point to vault dwellers. It doesn't point to necessarily a vault tech simulation. Also, if you are the vault dweller or you and the other vault dwellers are the vault dwellers actually in the simulation who go out into the world and then find that message, that message would have been left by the simulation, by an NPC or a theoretical person that is being simulated. So why would the simulation tell on itself? That also doesn't really track. Do you see that? All right, another major explanation for why some people think this isn't a simulation is that it is a 
canonically accurate world. I've heard this and seen and read this explanation a few different times that it fits into the lore of Fallout and that Appalachia is separated from the rest of the locations that got bombed so much and that it plays into these connections between the lore and what actually happened to this other group from the Brotherhood and uh, West Tech and Super Mutants and all of these other things. It, it fits into the rest of the lore for this time period in the Fallout universe. And I think that can also be countered. You can also say, well, it kind of doesn't because we end up with things like outfits from Fallout New Vegas, which doesn't happen for a very long time from this time period. How is that something that's in Fallout 76? Or lots of different power armor with lots of different paints and all of these kinds of things. Different models, all of that stuff that doesn't really track exactly the way it should with the rest of the Fallout games. So it's not 100% a canonically accurate world, but some of the other Fallout games also aren't either. There are definitely some things that don't follow from Fallout 1 and Fallout 2 directly into Fallout 3, New Vegas, and 4. There are definitely things that are kind of these gaping holes in the way the lore works between 3 and New Vegas or 3 and 4. And this makes sense because this is a fictional world written by multiple people with limited amounts of knowledge. No matter how much information you have about Fallout and all of these different things, you're not going to button it up 100% of the time. So if this is a feature of the main games, then wouldn't you expect it to be a feature of 76? Because it's a video game. I mean, we're talking meta stuff here, but th this is one of those things I see a lot of people do where they try to justify, they try to jump through these hoops to justify these inconsistencies in the lore. When really the explanation is, oops, <laughs> the writers kind of left something out or they just didn't tie up things in a, in a very good way because they moved from one project to the next. The writers changed. Different amounts of information, different focuses on different things happened. And so we can go back and we can have fun with trying to work those things together in a way that actually makes sense and feels good. And that's great. I, I'm not saying people shouldn't do that. And yes, we should expect that the creators of games, the writers of books, the people who make movies should try to aim for consistency from one entry into the next as they move through the stories. Absolutely. But the reality of it is that that often doesn't happen perfectly. In fact, it rarely happens 100% perfectly, even for authors in their own works. I mean, look at George R.R. R. Martin or uh, J.R.R. Tolkien or anybody else with multiple <laughs> letters in their names. Um, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do, especially as a world continues to expand with information. So that in and of itself isn't necessarily a good counter argument because these are features that we see in games as they develop or other medium. As you write something, it becomes more complex and it's harder to keep all of the threads together in a perfect way. Also, video games need to make money. So of course they're going to sell you the you know, NCR Ranger armor because people want to buy it and run around in it. So we end up with what seems like a potential reason why that isn't the case, but it also can be explained away pretty easily. Again, it's not hard proof. So here's the one that I think actually is the best counter argument to the simulation theory. The fact that in Fallout 76, if we assume that the simulation that is happening with the people in the vault 
who were put there right before the bombs dropped happen in the lifetimes of those people. So we have to make the assumption that, and again, uh, none of this stuff is 100% buttoned up, but if the assumption is that these are people who are going through the simulation in the few decades since the bombs dropped, then how does the simulation know about certain things? For example, the Brotherhood. How does the simulation know that the Brotherhood was formed out in the West? And that it would make sense to have the Brotherhood show up in West Virginia for some reason or another. And to add those NPCs and storylines into the simulation. Not only that, how does the simulation even know about the events of the Enclave? And what's going on with the Enclave out there? Or that the Enclave are even a real faction at all? If there's no proof of that, really, before the bombs dropped. Now, maybe you could say that vault Tech was behind the scenes with the Enclave, and so they understood that they were going to become nefarious and wrote that into the storyline of the simulation. That seems a little weird. Also, it seems a little counter towards the group that they were working with. So, again, kind of sketchy, kind of weird. What about some of the creatures? Super mutants, death claws, all sorts of other mutated animals that you find in other places in the wasteland in future Fallout games. Now, obviously, they're the Fallout games that came in the past that take place in the future. How does the simulation know about all of those? Is there information being passed between vaults? Or is there a vault somewhere that's gathering all of this information in order to create the simulation in a way that actually matches the wasteland? We have no evidence for that. Now, maybe that's the case somehow, but we don't actually have evidence for that. The one counter argument to this counter would be that the simulation is still running and it is now 200 years after the bombs dropped and the simulation is simulating a time only a few decades after the bombs dropped and this vault has somehow gotten the information about what actually happened in the past in order to simulate something that felt very, very real. And so much of that information, much of the simulation is actually based on real facts, real creatures, real factions, real things that happened in Appalachia. But we as the vault dwellers are not experiencing that in the real world when it happened. We are playing into a simulation of actual events that happened in the past. That's the best counter I can have for this counter. And it actually seems more like a real support for the simulation theory because 200 years in the future, the vault could have been sending out bots across the wasteland, collecting all of this information, looking at the information of what happened in Appalachia, maybe connecting to MODIS and getting all the information from MODIS's mainframe or something, and then using that to build a simulation. So in order to conclude this episode, there is no actual conclusion about if it's a simulation or not. There's a lot of evidence both directions that both things could be true. But if you are going to be somebody who thinks this is a simulation, I think, and you don't have to go with me here, you can, you can argue against this, that the simulation must be happening long after the actual events of what happened in Appalachia so that it could model it in a more realistic way and have information that the simulation wouldn't have if it was happening at the same time that this game is supposed to take place. So what do you think about that? I'd love to hear your thoughts. 
Share your thoughts on this. Join us on the Discord. Tweet at the Fallout Lorecast uh, on Twitter channel or whatever, if it's even still there. Who knows what's going on with Twitter? And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I think this is probably the best case scenario for the simulation theory. But then again, maybe it's not. Maybe we'll get some more information in the future that will expand on this or an official position by Bethesda by the time we get, say, Fallout 5 in maybe a decade from now. Oh, God. All right, thanks for tuning in, and whether it's a simulation or not, stay safe out there, because you never know. Talk to you next time. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net, reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio, check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.